Gracious Father, we come before you today again, Lord, and Father, we thank you for the time that we get to spend in your word today, Lord. We thank you that we're able to gather here together today in your holy name, Lord, and to worship and glorify you. We're thankful, Lord, that you've provided means for us to be able to get your word out during the pandemic that's going on right now, Lord. And Father, we just ask that you minister to each one of us, that you teach us, Lord, and that you equip us for your good work and to continue on in the things that you would have us to do, Lord. And Father, that we remain strong in you, that we keep our hope in you and our trust in you. And Lord, that we always depend on you and your ways, Lord. And, and Father, again, we just uh, thank you that we can come before you today, Lord. And Father, we just ask that your message be delivered today, Lord, that the truth of your word is spoken. And Father, that uh, there's comfort found in these words and uh, strength found in these words as well, Lord. As well, uh, and hopefully, Lord, that uh, hearts are drawn to you today through the word that's spoken. And Father, we ask all of these things in the gracious and holy name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today's message, it's in honor of my dad, David McClellan Fry. And he went home to be with the Lord on Monday evening. And he departed this earth and entered into the glorious presence of our Father in heaven through the redeeming power of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Dad journeyed on this earth from October 16th of 1930 all the way through uh, the stock. He was, uh, and it was right in the midst, I'm sorry, of the stock market crash, which began in 1929. And he died the evening of April 20th of 2020 in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic that began in 2019. You see, Dad entered this world in crisis, in the midst of it, and he departed the world in the midst of crisis as well. But after more than 89 years, my dad left this world in peace, and he could do that because of the redeeming power and the redeeming relationship that he had with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He found his redemption in Christ. My wife, Brooke, and I visited Dad on Sunday afternoon, which was the day before he died, and he did not look well that day. And I knew his time to leave this earth was near, though I didn't realize that it was this close. And we had a last meal with Dad that day. We had some pizza together, and we had a really good visit. It was very uh, pleasant, and I could tell that Dad was uplifted by us being there and that he was blessed by us being there. And even in his struggles, he f was able to enjoy the time that he spent with us. And I knew that he loved life, but knew also that his journey here was coming to an end. And I know that he was also ready for it. He was ready to go and his heart was prepared for the journey to eternal life into the presence of our God. You see, Dad told me on Sunday that he was ready to go home, that he didn't want to fight this physical battle that he is fighting any longer. He was ready to go. He had made peace and, uh, and was uh, ready to be in the presence of God. You know, and it is that hope in Christ that gave him the peace that surpasses all understanding. He knew he was going to enter the gates of heaven, and he knew he was going to be standing before the one true God. And he knew his heart was pure because of what Christ accomplished at the cross on his behalf. 
he realized it wasn't because of anything that he did that he had salvation. He knew it was only because of what Christ accomplished at the cross. And not only is he reunited with his, all of his friends and family in heaven, he is praising, glorifying, and worshiping the King of Kings right now and the Lord of Lords without any suffering, without any pain, and without bur the burdening weight of sin because he believed Jesus when he said, whoever believes in me will have eternal life and will not be condemned. I personally cannot imagine facing death without knowing my Lord. I can't imagine the fear and anxiety I would have as I stood at death's door, and rightly so. Aside from the power of the cross, we have no hope and no redemption. We would be left to face the complete and eternal separation from our Creator, the Creator of the heavens and the earth. We would face eternal torment and only because we chose to turn our backs on God, because he makes eternal life available to all who would ask. And as I was considering what to talk about today and what I could share today, I was browsing Dad's Facebook page, and something he began to do was posting a small prayer almost on a daily basis to the Lord, and he did it every day for uh, uh, quite a a few days, I don't know, several weeks maybe. And as I pondered the prayers, I was moved beyond words. In the midst of his struggles and trials, he was praising, thanking, and honoring, and glorifying God. Not one of his prayers was in pity for his suffering. Not one angry or bitter word about his suffering. You see, these prayers were at the heart of Dad's soul, glorifying God and asking God to help other people. But not just to help others. He prayed that God would use him to accomplish his good work. So I'd like to share a few of these prayers with you today. And the first one that I chose was on April 14th of this year. And this is Dad's prayer. Lord, you sent your son so that I could be free. We sinned, we screwed up, but you still cared for us. You made a way for us. It boggles my mind how much you care for us, for me. Deliver me through your son. Set me free of my sin and transgressions. I come to you in the name of Jesus who has covered and washed me. Even after many years of being a Christian, my dad still realized that he was a sinner who needed a savior who could wash away his sins. You see, being a Christian doesn't mean that you will suddenly never sin again. The fact is, we still live in this flesh. We continually are at war with the flesh and we find ourselves doing the things that we do not want to do and not doing the things that we should do. He understood that being a Christian did not make him a perfect individual, but he knew the scriptures taught us to confess our sins and God will cleanse us from the unrighteousness of that sin. 
And this prayer, that's what he was asking God to do, to cleanse him from his sins. And God wants all of us, every person on this earth, to have a loving relationship with him. He wants us to commune with him. And he has made it possible through the cross for us to have that relationship. As believers, we become members of the body of Christ. What a glorious thing, the body of Christ. We are God's vessels. God works in and through each one of us, each different member playing its part. But we work together as one body to accomplish God's will and purpose in this world. And as we gather each week, we strengthen, we encourage, correct, teach, and equip one another through the working of the Holy Spirit that is in each one of us to accomplish the work God has prepared for each of us to accomplish. And yes, we still do face temptation in our lives. Temptation doesn't go away. We still have this flesh, and our, uh, the spirit within us is warring against that, uh, the flesh. And God always makes a way to escape our temptation. Because there is no temptation that has taken any of us that God has not made a way for us to overcome it. And we can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. We must keep our eyes on Him, and He will give us strength to bear the temptation that we do face. You see, God has set every Christian free from sin and transgression. And when we do sin, we can confidently and freely, just as my dad did in his prayer, come before the Lord knowing that he, and knowing, I'm sorry, knowing he has and will continue to forgive us of our sins. God will always forgive us of our sins. He wants us to come and confess them. He already knows that we have committed to sin. It's not for God's benefit that we confess. It's for our benefit that we confess. When we confess, we are acknowledging before God that we know that we sinned, that we screwed up, that we did something wrong. Confession always is to the benefit of the believer. Let us always keep our eyes on Jesus and always depend on Him for the strength to overcome any temptation that comes our way. And let us go to the cross and acknowledge our need for a Savior. There is only one Redeemer, and He is Jesus Christ our Lord, sent to us by our Father in Heaven to pay our sin debt, one that we could never pay on our own. And there is no other way to pay that debt except through the cross, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you see, the second prayer that I wanted to share with you, Dad uh, prayed on April 16th, and it, and it goes like this, Dear God, I am grateful your mercies and your comfort that keep me going in times of great trial and tribulations. I know that your comfort won't just minister to me, but to everyone else I come into contact with, who may be experiencing a situation I have overcome. I thank you, Lord, that in such times I will be able to reach out to them and minister effectively. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Let us take a moment now and go to John chapter 16. Brothers and sisters, at the heart of this prayer, I see a man who is struggling with his own deep trials and is going to his heavenly Father for comfort. And in the midst of him seeking comfort through his prayer, his focus does not simply remain on his suffering, rather it turns to the needs of others. And he is, he is being thankful that while others are suffering, he can reach out to them. Let's look at John chapter 16, starting in verse 33. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, Dad knew his trouble was only going to be for a short time. And Dad knew also that while he was going through this trouble, that it was God who was giving him peace. And because of the peace that God gave him, he was able to look past his own needs and towards the needs of others. It is important to understand that our salvation is not simply about filling a need that we have. Yes, that need for a Savior must be met before we can serve God and others in any real and meaningful way. But I have learned through my dad's prayer that even in, many, in my times of trials and in my times of suffering, that I must look towards others and seek help and seek to help them in their times of need as well. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, I should still be looking out into the world to find ways to serve God and to serve other people. And too many times, I must admit, I have turned my focus inwards towards my own trouble. Instead, I need to turn my focus outward towards the world and serve the people that God has placed in, the path, in my path and be a light that shines in their lives. To bring them peace and comfort and to draw them to the saving power of the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And then on April 17th, Dad prayed, Dear God, I am grateful that I can find my rest in you. There is no one else and nothing else that can give me peace and protect me the way you do, Father. Thank you for always being faithful in your promises. Lord, I have every reason to put my trust in you, and I will never forget that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And this was just a few days before Dad died that he prayed this. He prayed just a few days before he died, I am grateful, Lord, for what you do in my life. See, and as believers, we must serve God with grateful hearts. We might not understand why we are suffering, why we are experiencing difficulties and trials, but God knows and in His sovereignty, we must do, we must come before Him and be grateful. We must have grateful hearts. And as we do this, we will find rest in God. Let us take a moment now also and go to Psalm chapter 91 and starting in verse 1. It goes like this. Whoever dwells 
in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. At the end of the day, we can truly say that we wholly trust God when we can be grateful in the midst of our trials. When we can find contentment where we can see no end to our suffering. God will bring rest to us and our peace will rest in Him alone. Let us rest in the shadow of the Almighty for He is our shelter in times of trouble. And that's what Dad did. He was being grateful. He was seeking comfort and he was looking for that comfort and that shelter and that rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So let us take some time today and spend it before God in prayer and meditation and find our rest in Him. Let us let Him comfort us in our time of trial. Because you see, it is because of Him that we have hope of being completely and always in His presence without hindrance or trouble. We can always come to God and find hope. And we can always be in His presence. And when we're in His presence, we don't have to feel hindered and we don't have to feel troubled. And on April 18th, Dad prayed, Dear God, I ask you, I ask that you will help me to refrain from oppressing people through judgment or condemnation. Lord, I pray that my words and actions will never serve as a stumbling block in another person's life. May my decisions be influenced by your wisdom and your love, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Another key thing for every believer to remember is we must always be careful how we speak and what we speak and the way we speak to other people because what we say does have an effect on people's life around us. And what we say can have a good effect in their life or it can have a bad effect in their life. And we always want to be one who represents God and be a positive influence, somebody who is going to encourage them towards Christ. But if we're being judgmental and we're looking at ways to contemn somebody, that's not going to open any heart to the Lord. And you know, we don't have to hang around people very long before we see someone oppressing or judging someone else. And you see, my dad's heart was to pray that God would keep him from judging, keep him from oppressing others. He wanted to be a light, one that could tell others about the hope that he had in Christ. But he knew that he must do this gently, and he could not do it in judgment. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 teaches us this. It teaches us that the salvation that we have is found in no one else, for there is no other name in heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It is only found in Jesus Christ. 
We only can find salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other man, there is no one who has ever existed before, no one who will ever exist in the future that can give us salvation. Our salvation is only through the blood of Jesus Christ and what He accomplished at the cross for each one of us. But in order for us to be able to effectively share this truth, we must be willing to share it gently. Do not be judgmental while being truthful. And do not oppress, but find ways to be kind and compassionate. You see, there's a way to share the truth of the gospel with someone and, to, and, and share with somebody that the things that, that maybe that they think is true is not true without being judgmental to them. We can be kind-hearted and gentle as we approach people. Remember, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. God have, could have chosen to judge us, but rather He chose to give us an opportunity to have eternal life in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as He has forgiven us and demonstrated His love and kindness to us, we must do the same as we minister to the lost. We must go out and share God's loving kindness and His love to the world. We don't want to share condemnation. We want to share God's love and the peace that He can give them that surpasses all understanding. And then on April 19th, my dad prayed, Dear God, I pray that in all I do, May you see the love I have for you. May my thoughts, actions, and the words I speak be a reflection of the love I have for you. Father, may you keep me from being proud. I pray that I never think that my thoughts are above yours. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. That reminds me of a psalm, and it immediately reminded me of a psalm that I read many many times as a Christian, and it's Psalm 19 and verse 14, because every one of us have that temptation to speak out and to speak in pride and, uh, and to be willing to share our knowledge with somebody right away and not be patient and not just be kind and gentle in the way we do things. We do it in a boastful way or a proud way. But Psalm 19, 14 says this, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. See, because when we're letting our words and meditation that is in our heart be acceptable in the sight of God, we're not going to find words of condemnation and words of judgment being acceptable in God's sight. Because God has not called us to judgment. He has called us to draw people to Him. In the same way He called us to Him through love and through the expression of love, by that expression being that before we were even Christian, while we were still sinners, Christ died for each one of us. And then I can't help but to think of Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. See, we really need to take time and meditate before the Lord to align our thoughts with His thoughts 
and our ways with His ways. Getting into the Scriptures and studying the Scriptures and understanding what the Word of God has to say is going to make it so much easier and we are going to be so much more effective at sharing the Gospel of Christ with the world when we know what God thinks and what God says. But what God thinks and what God says is not something that we can conjure up in our minds alone. We have to get into the Word of God and see what God says about God. He tells us who He is. He tells us the way He is. And it's in the Scriptures. And the only way that we can be able to boldly go out and preach the Gospel of Christ is to be in His Word, to receive our daily bread. The Word of God is our spiritual food. The Word of God is our spiritual drink. When we go before God in prayer, as we're reading the scriptures and we're lifting our hearts to Him and meditating on His Word and listening to His calm, still voice speak to us, then when we go out, we can be more confident that we're sharing the truth of the gospel instead of what is our own thoughts and what we just uh, imagine to be true all by ourselves. Because God names the truth, He teaches us the truth in the Scripture, and there's no other place to find the truth of God but through the Scriptures. The Spirit of God lives within us to help us discern what the Scriptures teach. And then the final prayer I'm going to share with you today is the one that he shared on April 20th, which was the very last prayer that he recorded in Facebook. Lord, I envy the early Christian who had the wisdom and insight of the apostles to help them learn more and more about you. Help me to never stop learning and seeking fellowship with other believers. Amen. to always seek fellowship with other believers. That is part of being a Christian. There is no such thing as being a Lone Ranger Christian. God has commanded us to not to forsake the gathering together of the believers. He wants us to gather together. We are part of the body of Christ, each one of us playing our role and playing our part. He wants us to be in His presence and be in the presence of other believers. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So we always must seek out the kingdom of God. That should be something that we're doing on a daily basis as Christians. And one of the first ways we do it, as I shared earlier, was to get into the Scriptures, study them, read them, make them part of who you are. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And we find that in 2 Timothy 3.16. See, we all have the teaching of the apostles. They're in the scriptures. The scriptures are giving us the heart of the apostles. And the heart of the apostles has been given to them through Jesus Christ. The words that are written in the scriptures were written and penned by the inspiration and leading of the Holy Spirit. 
Brothers and sisters, we must remember this place, the world that we live in right now, it is not our home. It is not the home of the believer. This is not our permanent dwelling place. We are only here for a short time to complete the work that God has given us to do. We are foreigners in this land. While we are here, we are ambassadors for Christ. Our mission is to share the gospel of Christ, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that God has commanded us. This is not our home. We are only here for a short while. And my dad departing is proof of that. He is in the presence of our Lord right now. He is at peace with the Lord right now. Philippians 3, 20 and 21 teach us this. And this touches my soul. Because this speaks about where dad's at right now. Our citizenship, it's not here. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. And you see, one day we'll be in the presence of the Lord again, I will see my dad again. I will see other loved ones again. Each one of us will meet our loved ones again. But the key thing is, is we'll be in the glorious presence of our Lord without any suffering, pain, or troubles ever again. Sin will be no more in our lives. You see, just as my dad has departed this world and is now present with the Lord, his rest has truly Found, been found in the Lord in His departure from this earth. He is with our glorious and holy Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who loves all of us with an everlasting love. Our peace is in Him. Our hope is found in Him. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. The only name that will save you is the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you realize that you are a sinner? Do you realize there is a severe penalty you must pay for that sin? Do you realize that it is a debt that you cannot pay by yourself? Do you know that there is one who came to this earth, God's Son, who died for you to pay the penalty for your sin? His blood was shed so that you didn't have to have your blood shed. Do you believe this? Do you acknowledge that you are a sinner? Come to the cross of Christ. Confess your sins before Him and ask Him to forgive you. He will. Acknowledge that He is the only way to salvation. Ask Him to be your God and your Redeemer. He will forgive you and your you will enter into eternal life. You will be sealed with His Spirit and will have eternal life.
find a Bible-based church, ask your pastor for a mentor, a disciple maker, who can come alongside of you and train you in the ways of the Lord. Pray and study the scriptures. Attend church and a Bible study weekly. Fellowship with other believers. For he who has began a good work in you will complete the work that he started. And one day, just as my dad, you can say with confidence, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to also to all who have loved his appearing. And we find that in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. God loves each one of you. Let us always know that we can go to him, come to the cross. He's welcomed everyone to come to the cross and follow him and to believe.